As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So, Matt, I can remember my dad as a kid. He would always say, you don't always get what you pay for. And I mean, he he was a really good man, but he was a terrible delivery driver. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. (laughs) All right, everybody, here we are again. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? Fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm we we got on the graveyard tales weather update here. It was nice for a while. And then yeah. we we got back to like the ninety degrees and I was getting bummed out, but hey, we're back to the nice weather again. So I guess oh, yeah, yeah. Summer had, had to have one more shot. It's like, <laughs> nope, still here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We've had we've had some unusually warm weather here lately too. It's weird. Um but you know, it I I know it won't last. Right, right. <laughs> we'll be in into the rainy fall before you know it. Yeah. Of course, people in Michigan are going, well, y'all shut the hell up. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> you know they're, meanwhile, they're getting their snowblowers serviced and stuff. Right, right. And, uh, there's a reason I don't live. I don't live north of Kentucky. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't enjoy it. Exactly. Tennessee was the farthest I ever lived, and that got enough snow for me, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Tennessee has more snow than Adam can handle. We yeah. hardly get any. Exactly. That's, <laughs> I, I like going places on vacation where there's a little snow. I don't like living where there's a ton of snow. Right. I, I can't right. do it. Can't do it. Yeah. No, me either. So before we get into it, I want to say go check out the Podbelly Network at podbelly.com. We're proud to be members of the Podbelly Network and proud to be associated with the shows on the network. So go over there and check them out. You can find a list of all the shows that are members of the Podbelly Network. Um, and you can also find some tips and tricks on podcasting if that interests you. Um, we also want to thank tonight's sponsors, Care of Uncommon Goods and Paranormal Chicks. And we'll talk more about them soon. While you're on the interwebs, 
go over to patreon.com slash graveyard tales and sign up to become a patron. We've got a one, a five and a ten dollar level and our ten dollar a month patrons get to see the video versions of us recording these shows. And our $5 a month patrons, they get the audio and video of a bonus episode every week, along with the $10 patrons. Um, So go over there if that interests you. We've got a really interesting one that we'll be recording tonight after this episode here that we will put up soon. Um, And we do different stuff. We don't always do just ghost or paranormal related stuff. We do medical, we do funny, we do weird, just anything that we think is interesting, we put up there and we we hope our patrons enjoy it and it makes it worth the donation. Yeah. And, you know, we're getting we're getting right up on the holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you uh, if if you have a a graveyard member uh, that you care about and are are thinking about gifts and stocking stuffers and stuff like that um you know picking up a becoming a patron uh patron uh gives them access to a ton mm-hmm. of more uh audio and video um and shows that aren't like what we do on on the main program right um, just like Adam said, we have a lot of fun with it. Um, so I think, you know, that's a, that's a gift idea right there. Yep. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm in for the hard sell yeah, now, right? You're doing good, man. <laughs> doing good. Stuff your no, stocking with Graveyard Tales Patreon. Yeah. Seriously. You know, you know, grab, grab a, 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 a Patreon membership and, and give your, your loved one, uh, the gift of, you know, extra graveyard tale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some <laughs> pretty, pretty unique gift, isn't it? Yeah, it's like uh, graveyard tales B side. It's like when you flip the <laughs> album over and you get something totally different than was side A. Right, right. Adam, let's take a minute and talk about one of tonight's sponsors, Care of. I love now, Care of. I know we we've mentioned care of on the show before and it, it's so great if if you uh, are are interested about improving your health if if taking uh, supplements and vitamins is something you like then care of is absolutely for you care of is a subscription service that ships high quality personalized vitamins supplements and powders conveniently to your door every month so as the holiday season is approaching and the days are getting shorter your calendars fill up and your to-do lists are just longer and longer oh yeah you you know you've still got to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and care of really makes this easy okay it's it's so simple to stick with a healthy routine when things are going nuts around you because you you've got it right there. It's already set up. You don't have to worry about it. You just you go to that care of box, you pull out your pouch for the day, you read your little motivational quote, mm-hmm. and you take all your vitamins and supplements right then. It can't be any easier. Oh, I know. It's great. And 
you like you said you take this short quiz about your lifestyle and your health goals and you get personalized recommendations and it takes the guesswork out of supplements and helps you find what's best suited for you because there's nothing worse than standing in a vitamin aisle going i wonder what i should take for this and they really help you focus on the vitamins and supplements you need i know for me it was energy maintaining energy levels and stuff and so they pinpointed the supplements that i needed and care of recently launched their gut musts line with a product aimed at managing bloating gas indigestion and weight Gut health is foundational to your overall health, and it influences areas like sleep, weight, immunity, and mood, and that's 100% true, and it's something I have been trying to take care of more for me is my gut health, because it does, we've, through research, found out that gut health affects all the rest of your body. Absolutely. If that's something you want to uh, focus on, then Care Of will help you focus on that as well. And like Matt said, each shipment comes with a customized booklet showing you exactly what's in your individual daily packs and why it was recommended specifically for you and your health goals. And it's perfect for if you're going out of town, you just grab a pack for each day and go. You don't have to shake out all the different vitamins and put them in Ziploc bags and hope you got the right amount and hope you got enough days. So if you want to join Matt and I in the care of family here and get your health needs taken care of and all that all you got to do to get 50% off your first care of order is go to takecareof.com and enter our code grave50 that's g-r-a-v-e five zero yeah so if you want to be like adam and myself and get out of the vitamin aisle at the, the pharmacy or the grocery store all you got to do is go to takecareof.com and enter our code GRAVE50, G-R-A-V-E-5-0, for 50% off your first care of work. <laughs> so, Matt, I know what some people are saying. They're going, God, 45 minutes into this episode, and they still haven't talked about the topic of the episode. So, why don't you tell us? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell us what are we talking yeah. about tonight, brother? No, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna tell you a big long story. Okay, okay. Drag another twenty five minutes, man. We can do this. So I, I, we talked about this, and I had heard of this. I had I had read a couple of articles, but I did not know that it was as widespread as it is. Uh, so tonight, what Adam and I are going to discuss is this strange phenomena of UFOs around the uh, El Popo volcano in right. Mexico. And I said El Popo because I'm not going to try and butcher the entire name of this mountain. I'll butcher it for <laughs> you here in a minute. That's all right. <laughs> Look, and I practiced. I, I did. I really did. Listen to I. I mess it up every time. So <laughs> El Popo is how I will refer to it. Yep. <laughs> and uh, it's crazy. It's and it's not just there. We're going to talk about some other places, but I had no idea that this had been going on uh, so widespread. Right. 
And and we're going to get into that and some theories as to why these UFOs might be appearing uh, above, around, and even in volcanoes. Right. Yeah, it, it's really weird. Um, I remember when I first heard about this, I I thought they're they're doing what now? Why would why would anybody do that? Um, but someone. I, I have some theories too that I'll I'll share, and you can tell me if they fit the normal, uh, everyday theories that people have. Um, but as we always say, go check our sources down in the bottom of the show notes. You can find the information that we found, and you can continue the information because there is a lot of factual information that I'm not going to cover about uh, El Popo Catepetl because it would just be too much. Um, I yeah. wanted to have time for other stuff. So go down in the show notes and follow those links and you can get geographical, historical, all that kind of information in longer format than what I'm going to cover here. But as we said, uh, El Popocatépetl is an active volcano in Mexico. Now it's commonly referred to as El Popo, like Matt said, um, just because it's easier to say than El Popocatépetl. Mm. Uh, but they also, for some reason, refer to it as Dongoya. So like the brand Goya, but Don, mm-hmm. as in, you know, Don Julio, Don Juan, Don Goya. Um, it's weird. But El Popocatepetl means smoking mountain. And it it's originally from the Nahuatl language. And if you yeah. remember, we discussed the Nahuatl language on another episode with some of the terms and names in Mexico. Um, I think it was the Island of the Dolls when we were talking Mm, about some stuff in there. We talked about the Nahuatl language a little bit. Now, uh, El Popo is an active stratovolcano, and it straddles the states of Puebla, Morelos, and Mexico in central Mexico. It's about 43 miles from Mexico City, and it's the second highest peak in Mexico, and it's about 18,491 foot high. So it's a big one, and it's the second. It's not the tallest in um, Mexico. It's actually the second highest volcano in North America and the fifth highest peak in North America. So it's a pretty prominent it's, it's mountain. It's big. Yeah. Um, the diameter of the base of El Popo is 16 miles. So wow. it's tall, but it's wide, too. Scientists have estimated that El Popo is about 730,000 years old. So in doing, you know, carbon dating of the stone and everything there, however, probably not carbon dating of stone, but you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. They're dating the stone and they found it to be about 730,000 years old is when it started forming. Now a stratovolcano, it's one that's built up of a bunch of alternating layers of lava and ash. So if you were to cut like a cross section of it, it would kind of look like a layer cake. Um, you'd have, you know, a layer of ash, a layer of lava, a layer of ash, a layer of lava. And it's basically every eruption that it has, mm-hmm. it adds another layer 
onto the outside of this layer cake. So it grows yeah. the volcano a little more. Yeah. With chocolate mousse and lady fingers and all that. Oh, yes. Chocolate mousse. Volcano. <laughs> you ever been to Rainforest Cafe? Yes. Yeah. So when the, somebody gets that volcano cake, they all mm-hmm. they all come out, volcano. <laughs> yep. And that's why I don't order it there. I don't like to be embarrassed when I'm eating. You know? I, I am the same way. Dude, you know? <laughs> on that on that note, there I think it's still um a restaurant here, but if you're from the DFW area here, uh, Arlington stuff like that, there was a restaurant called The Magic Time Machine. And at the Magic Time Machine, you'd go in, all of the waiters, the host staff, everybody out on the floor was dressed up like movie characters. So you had the Cowardly Lion, you had the Princess from Aladdin, you had Aladdin, you had, like, they were dressed dressed in character. And I was maybe Michael's age, I was 11, 12, something like that, old enough to be embarrassed. You know, because as a kid, you're not really embarrassed. You get to a certain point and you get real embarrassed around people. Well, I needed to go to the bathroom. And my dad knew what happened when you asked where the bathroom was. So he told me to ask the waiter who happened to be the cowardly lion um, to go to the restroom. So I asked this cowardly lion and mister, where's the restroom? And he goes, oh, come with me. I'll show you. I said, okay. My dad starts chuckling, and I should have known something was up when dad started Uh chuckling. Yeah, yeah. The cowardly lion made me grab his tail, and then we skipped through the entire restaurant singing, we're going to the potty, we're going to the potty. Oh, my God. Through the whole restaurant until we got to the the bathrooms. I was mortified. Oh, I bet. I was bright red. (laughs) Red as a red solo cup, and I didn't have to pee anymore because I had already done it in my pants. You know, oh, I mean, it just, no, no, I didn't do that much, but <laughs> I, I wanted to. I, I I decided that at that point, I would never ask a lion where to go to the bathroom. <laughs> That's the life lesson I took from that. <laughs> that that would traumatize me. I'd be like, mm-hmm. I'm never asking where the bathroom is of anybody. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm never, I'm never going to ask. For many you know. years, I wouldn't go to the restroom in public, and I think that's the reason. <laughs> We're going to the potty. Uh. All right, sorry for that uh, diverging there and, and telling a uh, horrific story of my childhood that scarred me uh. for life, but uh, we'll get back to El Popo here. People wonder why I am the way I am. There's reasons. There's reasons. <laughs> so the eruptions from El Popo are pretty frequent. It's almost constantly releasing a plume of gases and smoke and stuff from its peak. So there's always this plume going and it goes through cycles of erupting and being dormant and erupting and it it's like long cycles of when it will be active and then it'll be silent for a little while but it's long cycles um it's considered to be one of the most dangerous 
volcanoes in the world. Um, just due to the fact that it's always set to blow. So I, I don't cause see in, in my mind living here, you know, in the U S I don't, I, I understand volcanoes. I, I, I know how volcanic islands are made. You know, I, I, I get all that, but I don't understand why people will live around a volcano. Now for El Popo, from, to my knowledge, people live in that, in the village around there, but they don't live close enough for it to cause damage unless it had one of those huge cataclysmic eruptions. Right. Exactly. Because in my mind, I always think of Mount St. Helens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, in Washington, and it was huge. Yeah. And people, you know, entire areas were just destroyed. People lost their lives. Um, so I always thought, you don't live near a volcano ever. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And I've seen movies. Uh, you know, Dante's Peak's one of my favorite movies. Mm. I mean, I just, I know it's cheesy, but it's one of those. I just, I dig it. It's exciting. The whole idea of something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Is this going to happen? I love that. I love mm-hmm. that feeling. You know, when, it, when a storm is rolling in, I'm like, oh, <laughs> and I know I'm weird, but, um, I, I always wondered why, why would you live anywhere near where a volcano is going to erupt? They, they're all over the world. And when you look at it outside of the United States, it's like people understand there's a volcano. We live right here. The volcano doesn't affect us. We don't go over there Mm -hmm. to get burnt to a crisp. Yep. (laughs) And that's, that's pretty much what it is. And, and like with El Popo, there used to be settlements closer to the volcano, but it was in a dormant period. And so when those settlements were made, they didn't know it was yeah. long time ago and they didn't have any way of registering. Oh yeah, this is an active volcano. It's just dormant. But nowadays people, they live without, um, outside of a certain area. There's like a, a natural area, nature area around it. And like you said, unless there is a like cataclysmic eruption blows out half the mountain comes along the side or whatever and, and has some kind of uh, lava flow like that, they should be okay um, because they live far enough out, but it is constantly going. It, it's yeah, it's yeah. like a chimney always got the smoke coming and mm-hmm. it's constantly going blah, blah, shooting off um, yeah. lava and eruptions. And due to this and the near constant eruptions, the peak is very rarely climbed, which is a good thing. There are people that will climb it. I think you can get a pass to climb it. You sign waivers and stuff. Um, and then there's like rope, roped off area where you still, like even if you get a waiver, you can't go any higher than that because of the peak being there. Um, and there's also a strict no-fly area around the peak. Now, this no-fly area will come into play when Matt starts talking about his stuff, but they have a, I I forgot 
how wide this no-fly area is, but it's a pretty wide area so that planes don't end up flying through a plume or getting getting hit by ejecta or anything like that. Yeah, and you can just go and look at it just right now. You can go and see it live. Yep, I was going to um, say there on, uh, on the internet. There is a webcam. I've got the link uh, in the show notes for the live web feed, um, but you can watch it do its thing with audio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, it recently erupted on September 9th of 2022. And according to Mexico's National Center for Disaster Prevent- Prevention, the C-E-N-A-P-R-E-D, in Mexico, the ejecta from Popocatepetl contained not just ash, but also water vapor, volcanic gases, and some incandescent fragments. It was so high of a plume that it could have endangered aircraft that were flying nearby. Hence, why they don't let you fly <laughs> over it. Right. Now, you can check our sources and you can find a list of the years that El Popo has been active. Way oh, too, yeah. way yeah. too many for me to put in the notes, but it, uh, the list will give you, it was active from this decade to this decade, and then it was dormant from here to here, and then it was active from here to here. So if you're interested, go check it out. We are in an active phase right now. It's considered active and highly active, but just to say real quick, there have been 15 major eruptions since the Spanish arrived in 1519. And after 50 years of dormancy, the mountain woke up in 1994. So it's been active since 1994, if that gives you any idea on the amount of time it stays active. It's not like those that go boom, and then they're quiet for 50 years. And then it goes boom, and then it's quiet for 50 years. Mm -hmm. It wakes up, it booms, and then it just boils and boils and bubbles and pops, and it's crazy how active um, El Popocatépetl is. Now, there are two different legends about how El Popo and Iztahiwatl, uh, the two of Mexico's volcanoes, got created. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought it'd be interesting if we looked over those. The sources for these, like I always say, they're in the show notes if you want to read more legends about these um but i found two that i thought were interesting like i said these are the legend of popocatepetl and istahiwatl which means the sleeping woman now it says thousands of years ago when the aztec empire dominated the valley of mexico it was common practice to subject neighboring towns and to require a mandatory tax it was then that the chief of one of the areas He was bitter enemies of the Aztecs, and he was weary of this terrible oppression, so he decided to fight for his people's freedom. The chief had a daughter named Istahiwatl, and she was the most beautiful of all the princesses, and had professed her love for young Popocatepetl, one of her father's people, and the most handsome warrior. Both professed a deep love for each other, so before leaving for war, Popocatepetl asked the chief for the hand of Princess Ishtahiwatl. The father gladly agreed and promised to welcome him back with a big celebration to give him his daughter's hand if he returned victorious from battle. 
So the brave warrior accepted and left, keeping in his heart the promise that the princess would be waiting for him to get married. Soon afterward, a rival of Popocatepetl, jealous of the love they professed to each other, told Princess Ishtahiwatl that her beloved had died in combat. Crushed and overwhelmed by sadness, the princess died without ever knowing that it was a lie. Popocatepetl returned victorious to his people, hoping to find his beloved princess. Upon arrival, he received the terrible news of the death of Ishtahiwatl. Devastated by the news, he wandered about the streets for several days and nights until he decided he had to do something to honor her love and to assure the princess would never be forgotten. He ordered a great tomb to be built under the sun, piling ten hills together to form a huge mountain. He carried the body of his princess in his arms, took her to the summit, and laid her on the great mountain. The young warrior lovingly kissed her cold lips, took a smoking torch, and knelt in front of his beloved to watch over her eternal sleep. From then on, they remained together, facing each other. Over time, snow covered their bodies, forming two enormous volcanoes that would remain together until the end of time. The legend goes on to say that when the warrior Popocatepetl remembers his beloved, his heart that preserves the fire of eternal passion shakes and his torch smokes. That's why even today, the Popocatepetl volcano continues spewing, uh, spewing femorals. Now, this legend apparently has been passed on from generation to generation since the time of the Aztec Empire. So, it's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great story. Mm-hmm. So, the second one, a lot shorter, is Popocatepetl was an Aztec warrior in love with Princess Ishtahiwatl. Now, Ishtahiwatl's father sent Popocatepetl to war in Oaxaca with the promise that Ishtahiwatl would be his wife if he returned. The father then told his daughter that Popocatepetl had died in battle and she died from sadness. When Popocatepetl returned, he killed himself with a knife through the heart. The Aztec gods buried them in snow and then turned the lovers into mountains. So, similar vein, but different protagonist and stuff in this. Yeah. Now, like we said, there is a live webcam where you can go and watch El Popocatepetl. I mean, you could put it on right now and be watching it while we're talking about it because it'll be, I mean, it's just a web webcam feed pointed at the summit of the volcano. Like I said, the link will be down in the show notes. And this is where a lot of these UFO sightings are captured because they've got this live feed. And if you go in that live feed, Matt, I don't know if you noticed this. I'm sure you did. But it, there are people that watching this and they'll they'll post up oh, 19 minutes and da 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 da. Go look in the top left corner. And mm-hmm. so there's always yeah. and you can scroll back in the feed to wherever they're talking if you want to. But there are people watching these feeds strictly to see if they can see UFOs. Oh, yeah. So before we get into this, I I just want to pause for a moment and wherever you are, okay, listen to this show. I want you to stop what you're doing and, and applaud at how well Adam did getting (laughs) through those legends and saying those names. I mean, that was 
phenomenal. Well, thank I'm you. Just, I'm so impressed. I've gotten better <laughs> over the years, and that was certainly one of the better ones that I've done. Because it was, it was amazing. There have been ones that I have mispronounced every third word, even if it's words I use every day. So yeah. this was actually a pretty good one. And <laughs> I mispronounced I'm, English words. So. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> thank you. I did my best. I practiced. <laughs> but as Adam said, El Popo has been a hotbed of UFO sightings over the last 25 to 30 years. And because of its height, and location, sightings related to El Popo have been reported from Puebla, Morelos, at the state of Mexico, and Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Because it's so tall um, that you can see it from, you know, a long distance. Right, right. Now, um, as Adam said, people people monitor this thing all the time. Okay, so they're constantly looking for this. I don't know that there's any other area that is monitored so closely for UFOs, you know, than this particular volcano, but other ones also have a 24 seven live feed, right? It's, it's not, it's not unique to El Popo. It is kind of unique to volcanoes though. It is. Uh, It's unique to volcanoes. Volcanoes do it. Not many other places like you don't have a live webcam of Uncle Joe's backyard all the time where he says he sees little green men. You know, it's that that's uncommon. But, well, I mean, (laughs) Uncle Joe is on uncommon. So, you know, I yeah, because I thought, why why not put one of these at um, uh, what's the name of that? The ranch uh, star. Oh, yeah. Stardust. Yeah. So why not put one there? You yeah. know, um, I mean, well, you, you can find a web, there's a webcam for like a bar in Key West that just shows yeah. what's going on there all the time. Yep. And you know, like, okay. I'm not going to give they, you the address for my personal webcam. That's always rolling in a certain area of the house. <laughs> it's in the toilet bowl. That's what you get. <laughs> no, it, it's in the laundry room. So you just see me walk in looking for a shirt and I'm like, I don't know where it is. And, yeah, but but images that have been captured from the live webcam, uh, they include uh, objects appear to pass through an eruption, come out or dive in. Okay. Yeah. Um, even uh, lenticular cloud formations around the crater have led to speculations about alien activity, and El Popo has drawn foreign ufologists such as Scott. Uh, Warren, uh, who believes that there is an alien base kilometers below the crater's opening. Huh. Yeah. So, like in Egypt and other places, there have been speculation that aliens had something to do with the advancement of ancient civilizations in Mesoamerica. Now, some claim that there are artifacts that indicate extraterrestrial contact and UFO sightings are still associated with the Mayan pyramids and, and places like that. Right. Right. Chichen Itza was featured on a UFO special that was produced, um, by Nat Geo. They've been a part of one on discovery, uh, and Fox. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's, 
Mexico is in itself um, kind of a, a lightning rod for UFO reports and activity. There, and, there are a lot of sightings in Mexico. Oh, yeah. Like the whole yeah, of Mexico. Tons. You get some crazy. It's really cool how many sightings there are in there. Just the uh, the way the government handles it, too, which is a topic mm-hmm. for another discussion. But I I think in a way they, they almost handle it better than uh, the U.S. government does. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Um. But let's let's talk about a few of these. So on on January 27th of 2020, the government webcams captured El Popo erupting in a burst of bright light that flowed down the side of the mountain. And in the seconds after the initial explosion, a bright light is seen streaking across the sky, passing behind the rising smoke and emerging on the other side. Now, in this video, the object is moving ridiculously fast. Okay. I mean, it is like zoom. Um, it's much faster than any plane would appear to travel if you filmed it from the ground. Right. Right. I mean, you've you've looked up and seen a plane before. You know that it's it's going really, really fast, but your perspective uh and, and the distance makes it appear that it's moving much slower. Okay. Right. So and the, this, the no fly thing, it's, it can't yeah, be a plane. Yeah. <laughs> There's a right, no fly zone. Right. And this thing is hauling. I mean, it is a zoop. And, 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 but the fact that it moves behind the smoke and emerges from the other side makes you kind of stop and go, whoa, that, that must actually be something. Now, of course, skeptics will tend to point out the obvious that they're, are a ton of bright objects moving through the air at the time of the eruption. Mm-hmm. And and there are, I mean, when you're, especially when you're looking at a video from the, uh, during the night, you know, it, uh, it's kind of got like a night vision appearance to it. And of course that bright light of the lava really lights up. You know, because that camera lens is getting so much light. It's pulling in all that extra light. Okay, Matt. So let's talk about a new sponsor to Graveyard Tales, and that's Uncommon Goods. Now, with the holidays coming up and you're doing shopping and all that, if you want to avoid the boring, basic, and bland gifts this year, Uncommon Goods is your secret weapon. Uncommon Goods is here to make your holiday shopping stress-free by scouring the globe for some of the most remarkable, unique gifts for everyone on your list, whether you're shopping for your secret Santa or your entire family. Uncommon Goods knows exactly what they want. Now, here's the thing. You know, Matt, Ashley and I are kind of obsessed with jigsaw puzzles. Mm -hmm. We, We have stacks and stacks of puzzles. So when I was on this Uncommon Goods site looking at the puzzles, I was blown away. They have some of the coolest puzzles out there. Not the regular square puzzles or anything like that. And we ordered one that you could, it was a whole bunch of different buttons, right? The picture was a bunch of buttons. Well, you could choose and on six buttons, you could put your own text. That's cool. Yeah, we have a puzzle that three of them is like our our names, Ashley, Adam, and Michael. 
And then we've got the other three are mom, dadum, and kiddo. So they're all in there. It makes it a personalized gift for us. Thought it was fantastic. Um, so if you're into jigsaw puzzles, go on there, get you some of their awesome jigsaw puzzles. And they got a ton of other unique gifts. Oh, yeah. And and if you're outdoorsy, you like camping, uh, like me, I mean, I've been looking just today on all of their outdoor products, things for for uh, outdoor living. Mm-hmm. You know, I love it. It's things that you're not going to find anywhere else. So when you shop at Uncommon Goods, you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. These fine products are made in small batches, so you have to shop now before they sell out this holiday season. I mean, Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, often handmade or made in the U.S. They have the most meaningful, out-of-the-ordinary gifts anywhere, from art and jewelry to kitchen, home, and bar. Uncommon Goods has something for everyone, not the same lackluster gifts that you could find just about anywhere. So to get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash great, G-R-A-V-E. That's right. That's uncommongoods.com slash grave, G-R-A-V-E, and you'll get 15% off. And don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, because we're all out of the ordinary. I'm going to take some notes, Matt, to remember to tell you a few things when you're done here. So if you see me writing, I'm taking notes on what you're saying. (laughs) You're not drawing a mustache on my picture? Not this time. (laughs) That was last episode. (laughs) Okay, okay. But when you watch all the objects kind of fly, they move very randomly. It's it, it looks very apparent that they've gone up and they're falling back down, burning out as they go. Um, and then is when you see this thing zip across the, the camera view. Right. Okay. Now, the webcams reportedly use time-lapse photography, which would make any moving object appear that it's going significantly faster than it actually is. So that may explain the ridiculous speed, but even at normal motion, this thing would still be moving pretty fast, faster than, you know, it'd have to be a jet. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it's not supposed to be a jet. Right. Okay. You're flying that close. But UFO researchers and enthusiasts have theorized that alien craft could be using volcanoes as refueling stations or openings to an underground alien facility. Now, in this particular video I'm talking about, the craft only appears to be passing by, uh, maybe like it's observing the volcanic activity. But in 2017, Mount Etna in Italy erupted violently. And then on March 18th of that year, shortly after midnight, a camera that monitors Etna recorded what looks like a wide beam of light directly in the center of the crater going up into the sky. Hmm. Yeah. 
That's not normal volcano activity. No, it's not. And and when you look at it, you really are like this. It, it looks like there is an enormous flashlight, a spotlight in the center of that volcano pointing straight up. Right. It doesn't make sense. Now, subsequent photos taken over the next few minutes of Etna show the beam appear to move away until it disappears out of the camera's frame. Okay, so it actually leaves the volcano. Um, but additional sightings of UFOs uh, around El Popo were also reported at this same time. Hmm. So in in this in this span of of this eruption, and understand now, and and I I didn't really fully comprehend this when we started this research, is that an eruption of a volcano isn't a, a one-time boom, here it goes, done. Right. You know, it's not. It can be, but it's typically not. Um, just like Adam said, uh, El Popo has been active since 1994. It's still going. Um, so it's still erupting. There are times when it's doing a lot more uh, than others, but it's still going. So... When I say there were more sightings of UFOs around El Popo when this was happening in March of 2017 in Italy, we're talking about a much wider span of time. It's not like, you know, they happened within minutes of one another. Right. Okay. Um, but they were happening within weeks of one another. So, and, and even, you know, that's odd enough as it is. You know, that you're you're just getting multiple UFO reports, different parts of the world related to a, a specific event. Mm-hmm. In this case, a volcanic eruption. Now, later in 2020, uh, these conspiracy theorists spotted uh, a white object, which some say is a UFO falling into the mouth of El Popo. It's a bad place to go. Now I went out, like I said, these videos are not hard to find. You no. Can, you can find them. They're everywhere. Um, This looks really weird. I mean, I, I don't know what else it could possibly be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean, I mean, it's a UFO. I mean, it's something, it's an object. It's flying and yeah. it goes into the volcano. Uh, I'm not necessarily form, saying it's aliens. Right. But, strictest form of the term UFO. Yeah. Unidentified yeah. flying object. Right. Now, the video, which was originally uploaded to YouTube by Esmeralda Martinez, shows this white object look as if it's heading directly into the mouth of the volcano. Now, alien hunters were quick to spot the object with some now claiming that the extraterrestrials are using the volcano as a base. Now, Scott Waring, who I mentioned earlier, wrote on his blog, the ET database, says, quote, this is a great discovery of several UFO around the famous Mexican volcano, Popo Catepetl. Ha, I did it. There you go. One of the UFOs is seen leaving the mouth of the volcano and shooting straight up into space. Another comes down and enters the mouth of the volcano. Absolute proof of what 
we UFO researchers already knew there is an alien base five to six kilometers below this volcano. Absolute proof, huh? Absolute proof. Hmm. Interesting <laughs> way to put that. <laughs> I mean, Scott Waring is a is a character. Yeah. He he put some stuff out there that he just says, This is it. Mm-hmm. This is concrete evidence. And you're kind of like, not really, man. Yeah. It's interesting, but I don't know that it's concrete evidence. Right, right. <laughs> it's weird, but it's not necessarily evidence that I mean Evidence of a base mm-hmm. and and all, evidence of a base five to six kilometers. How the yep. hell do you know that? How'd you get that from one <laughs> video of something going into it? How is that uh, proof? I don't know. But if you, if you look further into uh, UFO sightings around volcanoes and sp- maybe specifically El Popo, Scott Waring comes up a oh, lot. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Because this is not the first time. That that Waring has claimed that El Popo is home to extraterrestrials. Okay, a similar video from 2019 posted on the YouTube channel UFO Mania showed a bright curved light that can be seen making its way up the side of the volcano before it suddenly disappears. Hmm. Now again, these are not the same thing every time. This one is totally different. Than the the one I led with mm-hmm. the, the the white bright object shooting across horizontally. This one's actually coming up the mountain and is shaped kind of like a banana. Okay, but uh, according to Warren, Warring, he described the sighting as a quote boomerang UFO coming out of a volcano in Mexico. Hmm. A boomerang UFO, which is is a pretty accurate description. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, that that one especially could be a lot of things. The boomerang UFOs are the scouts because they always come yeah. back to you when you throw them out to do the scouting. They come back to you, and <laughs> you don't have to worry about them getting lost. That's right. So. Really common in Australia. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's yeah. like the homing pigeons of the UFO world. Now, Waring further described the whole sighting um, of how the UFO slowly moved up from the side of the volcano and was glowing powerfully as it went up and disappeared into the sky. He also said at that time that the sighting was strong proof that there is an alien base existing deep under the volcano. And that's when it really started to become a huge hunt for UFO researchers and alien hunters. Um, there's a big difference here between UFO researchers and alien hunters. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Alien hunters were the people that decided they were going to go and storm area 51. Yeah. Okay. They're the ones that go out to research <laughs> quote unquote, while wearing green alien masks. Yeah. And yeah antennae you <laughs> ufo researchers actually uh they they don't necessarily always say it's alien you know right. they're they're looking they're looking at what what could they possibly mm-hmm. be um, there are people who know there's something going on but they yeah. realize none of us know what it is so they're actually trying to look into it 
and right. figure it out. Where, like you said, alien hunters, they're convinced, 100% convinced. And they're just trying to shake hands with Gleep and Glorp. And <laughs> that's what they're wanting. Gleep and Glorp. Uh, if we make, if my, we make contact. Yeah. Well, if we make contact and they actually say their names are Gleep and Glorp, you're not going to be laughing anymore. Oh, I know. <laughs> but from, from what I hear, they're like the Abbott and Costello of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, the interstellar comedy circuit. Yeah, one's the wacky guy, the other the straight man that never the laughs. Straight man, yeah. yeah, like the Smothers Brothers. Mm-hmm. The one's got a one's got a yo-yo and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> but Warring has also discussed a UFO sighting that happened on December tenth, twenty twenty one, at El Popo, and in the live cam video, a bright UFO can be seen moving very slowly. And it finally enters the volcano in a very eerie manner. It entered from the left side of the volcano, not the crater. But there is a known vent on that side of El Popo. Hmm. The vent in that location often spews ash and lava and clouds every week. Now, that's the opening that he's referring to, and he believes that that was the entrance for this particular UFO. And he said there is an alien, again, he said there's an alien base there, and not only has he witnessed these UFOs flying above it and down through the crater, but now he's stating that this is evidence that they're actually flying directly into the side of the mountain. Okay. Now, he goes a step further on this, and he says, there have even been sightings by the locals of seven-foot hairy beings with huge spikes on their heels uh, seen climbing up the side of the volcano without any mountain climbing equipment. Now, he wrote this on, on his website, which is UFO Sightings Daily. So I went and hunted for this because I thought we've actually got, you know, a, a some type of creature, right? You know, some living entity. I couldn't find any more about this. Mm-hmm. So th- this may be something that either only only Warren uh, only Warring has reported on, or yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. Um, I just know there's there's no real other information outside of his report. Right. So, a so. couple things um, since we, we've gotten this far into it. One, he keeps saying there's an alien base five kilometers below this thing. Right. Here, Here's my couple questions, concerns. Um, how far down? would a base have to be to be out of the magma pool that is under this volcano? Because it's not just one little tube. Usually there's a, the whole area under there is full of molten magma that is coming Mm -hmm. up from even further down. So where is that base located between the two pools of magma, the, the core of the earth and then this magma pool under the volcano or 
and, and not just the depth, like how far down would it have to be, but how do they get, if this is the case, how do they get to the base? Do they fly through the lava, like diving through it, and their ships are just strong enough to do that? Have they created another tunnel? Have they figured out a way to part the lava with some force field or something? Or or some type of portal yeah. or some type of like uh, teleportation? And if it was a portal, why not put it somewhere else? Right. Why do you got to put it in a volcano? Or if you can teleport in there. Why go into the volcano at all? Yeah, that's exactly you know, my point. Just yeah. teleport from space. Yeah. And then yep. I don't I don't understand that either. No. And it's it's very, very strange um where he, he gets those numbers from. But nonetheless, that's what he believes. Well, and then my my second thing, and you haven't mentioned it yet, you may, so forgive me if you do have this information, but I forgot the name of the TV show, but there was a TV show and they had a video from the Mexican government of a UFO. And this UFO was in FLIR footage. So it was uh, registering cold basically on the thing. And it had a plume, like a jet of smoke coming out of the back of it. Mm-hmm. And it flew into this volcano. Well, they were trying to debunk that footage by, okay, maybe it's something else, right? So they actually got permission from the government to fly a helicopter up there, and they had somebody on the ground, and they're shooting FLIR, and they shot, like, because it's cold, they shot a jet of, uh, 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 what am I trying to think? The fire extinguisher out of this helicopter to show the plume. Yes, it was registered on the FLIR, but it didn't show up as that dark plume that was on the thing. So they tried to debunk this, but they couldn't. And I just thought that was interesting because the Mexican government had this video of, you know, a FLIR image of a UFO with a jet coming out of the back of it, flying into the volcano. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did. I did see that. I didn't include it in here, but um, essentially, if you talk to serious skeptics, all of these have been debunked. Mm. That all of them are just—it's totally something else. There's, there's no, there, there's no uh, holy grail of videos that show something that. Skeptics have not, or they don't believe that they fully explain. Right. Okay. Um, you know, e- even the ones that are, that you look at, you know, even with just kind of a critical eye and go, holy cow, what, what is that? Uh, it's, a, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's luminous rock that has exploded out. I'm like, why is it going sideways? Okay. It doesn't. It's not traveling like something that I would expect that just shot out of a volcano, which I would expect it to kind of go up and then down. It's going straight across in a straight path. 
um, like right along the horizon. Like I, that, that doesn't make sense to me, but no. that's what they say it is. And we're going to get into another here. Here's another theory that skeptics use that it could be. In fact, we're going to talk about two more. Okay. Now this one, uh, was a sighting in March of 2021 at the Fagra, uh, the Fagra volcano in Iceland. Okay. It erupted after a 900 year dormancy. Wow. Now see if, if it's been dormant for 900 years, hell, there are people camping up there. Certainly. You know, yep. I mean, they're like, it's, this isn't going to erupt. Okay, but cameras focused on the mountain captured two extremely bright blue orbs hovering over the eruption. And I watched this video and the blue of these orbs is almost unnatural. Mm -hmm. It is so blue. I mean, it's like it's like police lights now that they're LEDs. They're just so bright and so blue, but there they are. And one is is roughly just off to the right of the volcano in the video, and then the other one is more to the left, almost just outside of the base. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, initially, they said this could be dismissed as drones. Okay. Because you'll see, you know, these these really big, cool drones. They have all these lights. They can program them to do all these things in the air with multiple drones. Um, but, <laughs> um, and, oh, and and geologists will use drones as well. Sure. To safely get up there and be able to get readings and look down into the crater. So it it's not uncommon for drones to be in and around the volcano area, but volcanic temperatures can reach over uh, 2,200 degrees Fahrenheit, which there is no Earth-made drone that could withstand that for more than a few seconds. Sure. And the blue orbs in Iceland are seen above the volcano for 30 minutes. Wow. That's long for anything to stick around. That's a yeah, long time. They, they do not seem phased by the heat, but they also don't move. Mm-hmm. But if you look, if you zoom in, it it looks like they have a flattened bottom. Okay. Mm. Like there's a base to it and then it goes around. It's not a complete circle. And you can actually see there's some definition inside the light. Uh, but but scientists still are not convinced that these objects in Iceland or the ones around El Popo are necessarily UFOs or even in the air. Some speculate that the bright UFOs are actually on nearby slopes and just appear to be hovering because of the darkness of night and the glowing lava causing a change of perception. Now, scientists have also theorized that in the case of the blue orbs in Iceland, um, the cameras are catching the phenomena of blue lava, which typically occurs on the ground when sulfur is burned. 
sulfur burns with a bright blue flame. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's interesting to note that the blue lava phenomena is very rare in Iceland. Okay. So in really, in order for it to happen, for this to be blue lava, which I'm sure that that explains quite a few of them, but it, it occurs on the ground. It, it is extraordinarily rare to, to see blue lava in the air. Well, and why would it stay there for as long as it did? Just burning, like, you know, just burning hovering? out. But would it be, it, are they saying it's like on the side of the mountain, not hovering? It's, it, they're saying that it's on the side of a mountain that's beyond the volcano. Oh. So another mountainside that may be miles and miles behind it. And because it's dark, because it's so bright that when you look at the, when you're looking from the camera's perspective, it, you don't see the, the slope that's far away. You just see the light. Hmm. That's on the side. I could see that in that area, but I don't, to me, that doesn't explain El Popo because there's not a ton of mountains around El Popo. Right. But, uh, you know, it's, it's neat when you see it, you're like, wow, blue lava. That is cool. I mean, and you you look up videos, you can Mm -hmm. see blue lava. It absolutely exists. Um, but it's, it's not really the lava that's so blue. It's the flame coming off of it. Right, right. I mean, yeah, everybody's seen a blue flame and, and you know, you, you take a little butane torch, it's blue. Um, you know, your fire gets really, really hot. You'll see blue in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I, like I said, I think this might explain some of them. I don't know that it explains all of them. Yeah, I'm with but, you on that. I think, you know, yes, some of them, sure. But yeah. there's some of them that it can't be that. Yeah. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. And and you um, can't take a blanket debunking for all of this stuff. And that's that's been my problem with a ton of the episodes we've done when we talk about people debunking it is sure that may debunk this one. But just because you debunked this one doesn't mean you debunked yeah. all of them because you can't lay this mountain peak reflection thing on every single one of these sightings. Yeah. And there's, there's more to that Iceland one where, um, as the lava flows down and it hits the snow, it, it causes these, these violent reactions of the super hot lava and, tons of of snow and ice mm-hmm. um that causes it to just explode into showers of rock and ice and everything i believe it yeah to the point that there were there were news crews covering that eruption and some of them almost died because oh, wow. this occurred while they were up there and as that lava was hitting that snow, whoosh, you know, it's just shooting. And it's just flat. And there's like, we were dodging flaming boulders and huge ice chunks and everything. And, you know, they, you know, several people, you know, were, were really close to death and they've been struck by one of those. Things. That's crazy. But then, of course, you know, all the conspiracy theorists go, 
that's because they were getting too close and it was like an alien defense system. Uh, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, go away. Yeah, we're going to blow you up. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know about that. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm a little wacky with my <laughs> theories, but I'm not that wacky. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So in November of 2021, UK media site, the Saxon, which credits uh, Mexico Minute as its source, reported a UFO sighting, which actually occurred on November 24th of that year and was recorded on a cell phone, not on one of the surveillance cameras that monitor El Popo for Hmm. eruptions. Now, the headline, uh, along with the video, said UFO and, quote, beings from other world. And the story notes that another UFO video on November 9th, 2021, turned out to be the SpaceX Dragon capsule returning to Earth from the International Space Station. Hmm. And a commenter points out that the light looks similar to a plane coming towards the camera. Now, when you watch this video, this light is essentially hovering. It's not going side to side. Um, it, it's not moving up and down. It doesn't go inside the volcano. It's just sitting there. Right. And, you know, I, if, you, if you watch a plane at a distance and it's coming directly towards you, then, yeah, it could appear that it's not moving. Sure. But I don't know if this would, the length of that video, um, you, it seems like you would catch something. That would would make you go, oh, 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 that's a plane. Well, planes usually have blinking lights on the front, the rear, and the wings. Yeah. Kind of like boats um, do, so you can tell which direction it's flying. Yeah, and in this video, it's it's a white light, which I, I don't know, and it's a lot. I mean, it, it's not like just a few different lights, mm-hmm. which most planes have. Right. It's it would be almost like the entire plane would be illuminated. Yeah, that's that's the weird thing to me because you weren't describing uh a blinking yellow and a blinking green light on opposite sides, which if you were I'd say okay that was a plane, but planes yeah. don't have one single headlight. Yeah. You know, that so yeah. that it would be coming at you with one headlight. Yeah. With a one yeah. headlight. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Man, I used to love that song. That was a great song. Yeah. I, I, I was a big fan of the Wallflower. Yeah. Anyway, tangent. Yeah, exactly. Bring it back in. Um, I got to learn to play that song now. Thanks. But, yeah. <laughs> but with uh, the November 9th and the November 24th, 2021 sightings, um, they said that it could have very well been a plane moving toward the person taking the video, giving the appearance of hovering. Um, but this is common for the El Popo sighting. It's erupting rock. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. No, I mean, it, they, they always, they always have a, a debunk that says, nope, it's this. Nope. It's that. Sometimes it has a, a long explanation that seems perfectly legitimate. Other times it's just like, yeah, 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 it's a it's rock. Bye. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, give me more than that. 
Um, that just makes it more mysterious. It just makes me think they can't figure it out. So it's an owl and they, you know, I, I just, I don't like that. I'm like, if you, if you really think you know what it is, give me a decent theory and, and let me decide. Right. Okay. Um, but as you know, we've, we've talked about this now. It's curious as to why. There's so many UFO sightings above or around active and inactive volcanoes. Okay. And Adam, you said you, you had some theories yep. that, that, that you had come up with as to why they might be doing this. Right. So one of them you briefly touched on in the beginning, but I think if these are UFOs in the sense of, something from another planet or something from another dimension, let's say. What if they are using the ejecta, the gases, to mm-hmm. fill tanks for fuel? Like, they yeah. don't need the lava, they don't, but uh, one of the certain gases or two of the gases that come from volcanoes that you couldn't get unless you drilled down into the earth in any other way maybe they're vacuuming up yeah and and using it to fuel a return trip to their dimension or wherever um yeah yeah, absolutely and then the other one uh you didn't mention but what if they are in and around these volcanoes because they are doing research on them and they're keeping an eye on them same way yeah. that we see them around uh, nuclear sites all the time. They're keeping an eye on it to make sure that one doesn't get out of hand and completely destroy the earth. We got, yeah, they'll let stuff like Mount St. Helens happen, where it, it, but it doesn't destroy the whole earth. But they don't want another cataclysmic event to wipe out something on earth. Maybe it's like... Mm-hmm. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where they are farming us for some computer program or something. <laughs> so they want right. to keep it, keep us alive and keep it from destroying the world. Um, so that two of the theories that I have is that it, they're either yeah. using the gases for fuel or that they are actually keeping an eye on this stuff to make sure they're not too bad or they're just investigating for their own scientific purposes. Yeah, absolutely. and. The three most common theories as to why this occurs from, you know, alien enthusiasts are number one, are, are volcanoes a portal to an underground alien world or base or whatever? Uh, like much like Scott Waring said, mm-hmm. um, two, do UFOs refuel by using the geothermal power, uh, from, from a volcanic eruption or activity? Uh, and then you hit this one. Are aliens protecting humans from volcanic harm? I swear, I stayed away from reading the theories on purpose so we could talk about it. And yeah. that's wild that two of them are pretty similar. You, you got two out of three. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you'd even touched on the one about the uh, portals to an underground base. I mean, we I think we both had seen that Yeah. Um, going into this. but. There was a discovery in New Zealand, which 
uh, spawned a new theory in 2013. And it's that UFOs may be mining volcanoes for liquid gold and other precious metals. I honestly, I had no idea that UFOs and aliens liked macaroni and cheese. That <laughs> right. <laughs> and who would have thought you'd have found mac and cheese in, in a volcano? Yeah, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the, the, it, liquid, the Velveeta or yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Liquid, liquid gold. gold. Yep. <laughs> no, we're, we're actually talking about real liquid gold. Right. Which, to be honest with you, if you're going off of old, um, old theories about ancient alien life forms coming to Earth, mm-hmm. apparently one of the theories is that they created humans to mine gold for them for their crafts and stuff like that. And that's why gold was so prominent to the Aztecs and the Mayans and stuff like that, because the aliens wanted them to mine gold. And so Mm -hmm. they assumed that if they had the gold, that was a symbol of power. Mm -hmm. So if you're going off of that, and they do need gold for some reason, then perhaps this would work. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about a podcast that everyone needs to check out. And that's a paranormal chicks. A paranormal chicks is a play on words. It's a pair of normal chicks. So which they say is debatable. Um, now they're best friends and they've known each other for almost 30 years and they quote themselves as saying we are extra large girls with extra large personalities and they love true crime and paranormal every episode includes a story of each Donna tells a paranormal story and Carrie tells a true crime story now they say they are southern and foul mouthed and all inclusive how could you go wrong there exactly (laughs) The podcast is conversational storytelling, much like Adam and myself, with a bit of humor thrown in so you feel like you're hanging out with a couple of friends. You get two episodes a week. Monday is the main show, and Thursday is Sinister Sighting. Now, on Thursday, the Sinister Sightings episodes are stories listeners send in of their own paranormal experiences, such as sleep paralysis, bizarre ambient stories, Uh, scary things kids say and everything in between so make sure to subscribe to a paranormal chicks on apple Podcasts, spotify and wherever you get your podcast now in 2013 though around the topo volcanic zone in new zealand geologists were digging and discovered at least 18 huge underground reservoirs of what may amount to millions of dollars of molten gold. Oh, wow. Along with silver and other precious metals. Wow. So it may not just be gold, but that's definitely part of it. Now, you think about it this way. Volcanic activity creates intense heat and boiling acidic water, which eats away at the surrounding rocks and it releases the gold and other metals into the reservoirs of water. Mm -hmm. Now, to remove these metals, new technology must be developed to bring it out 
without disturbing the magma and boiling reservoir. Now, why do they worry about d- disturbing it? It that's a much longer explanation. It it's similar to fracking. Bad things um, would happen. Yeah, so it is like this would be bad if uh, if they just went in there with reckless abandon, just going after the gold. But the these uh, these conspiracy theorists they ask the question: Who would already have this technology? Aliens. Sure. Yeah. And it's and as you said, Adam, it's long been theorized that aliens used ancient Earth civilizations to mine for gold. Mm-hmm. And maybe they figured out a way to automate the process. Why use humans and run the risk that they would keep the gold for themselves when you could just suck liquid gold and silver right out of volcanoes? And, you know, why? Who knows? The metals could be used for parts, alien jewelry, or something else that we, we don't even understand. Yeah. But, uh, but the UFOs, some feel like after this discovery that, uh, the sightings could be, um, UFOs scouting for hot metals or even mining them via teleportation. Little known fact, um, aliens are real big into colloidal silver and colloidal gold. Um, so they mine it so they can make their colloidal gold and take it for their ailments. So. <laughs> it's good for arthritis. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's cognition. silver is naturally antibacterial. Right. And keep you from having a sore throat. It's good for cognition. Make your skin turn blue. All sorts of stuff. I was you know. to say, it'll make your skin turn blue. <laughs> I see we're, we are aware of the same guy then. Oh, yeah. 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 That old, old Smurf family, you know, mm-hmm. from taking colloidal silver. Yep. Uh, and, you know, you can still do that if you if want. Well, I, I don't know how much you have to take. Actually. A lot. Turn blue. A yeah. lot. For a long time. Yeah. But, yeah, you can still <laughs> buy colloidal silver if you go oh, yeah. to some of these um, alternative medicine shops and stuff. They've got. Yeah. For an exorbitant amount. Yeah. And I guarantee you there's no silver in the <laughs> colloidal <laughs> silver. You're getting like colloidal. How would you know? Yeah. I mean, if you're just a general consumer, how would you know? Yeah, you're taking like you, colloidal aluminum or some yeah. colloidal tinfoil. Or, uh, or tap water. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, snake oil salesman. I mean, it's just who knows. But anyway, we, we digress. Always. So it's it's yet another theory as to why uh, these volcanoes around the world are such hotbeds of UFO activity. You know, they there's a reason we just don't know what that reason is. Right. Um. And uh, yeah, I, I was I was talking to Amanda about this earlier. I said, you know, I I, I take this with a grain of salt, and I look at it. Much like I do with Bigfoot sightings. You, you take all the Bigfoot sightings and you dump half of them because half of them are just either totally ridiculous, they're hoaxes, completely made up, whatever. You dump half. Okay. And and then you've got then you've got another, you know, a half left, and you take half of those and you dump them because it's uh, um, it, they actually saw something. Mm-hmm. But there's a legitimate explanation for what they saw. It, it may be complicated, but it's legit. 
Well, then you're left with a fourth of those where you look at them and say, hmm, this doesn't fit in any of the theories that we have. We don't have evidence that supports a theory either way. Um, so we don't know. Right. We really don't know. And it's, and it's those cases that y- you look at and say, yeah, I, th- I think there could be something going on. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's definitely, there's definitely objects flying around. I mean, you know, there's too many sightings, way too many videos um, of things that are flying around these volcanoes. We just, we're not a hundred percent what they are or why they're there. Right. But they don't fit into just the general, it's a plane, it's a drone, it's, you know, exploding lava rock, any of that. It just doesn't fit either because of the way it moves or the way it's shaped. Um, it's, but it, it is, it's really, really cool, um, that there's so much, um, visual evidence of these accounts. And I, you know, you don't really see, um, around any specific site as much physical evidence as they've collected. Mm -hmm. I mean, like Adam said at the top of the show, where else on the planet do we see 24 hour, you know, live streaming webcams, um, just staring at one spot right? um, that you can go watch anytime you want. I know there are some, but it's, it's not prevalent like it is on volcanoes. Yeah. And certainly not run by a government. Right. So um, this is kind of where we ask, what do you think? I mean, honestly, go, go look at these videos, Um, you know, read some of these articles yourself and, when you're done, you're kind of got, you're, you're going to kind of go, well, maybe, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's especially those ones where their stuff is actually going down into the volcano. Um, and, and that beam of light that's coming out of it. Now you're, you're just really baffled by what could potentially cause that. But tell us what you think. Um, do you, do you think there's a potential that UFOs are using volcanoes either for, uh, an earthbound base or, a refueling station? Uh, are they are they mining gold, or do you think something else may be going on? Let us know. And one of the best places to do that is in our Facebook group. Um, go and search gra- the Graveyard Tales on Facebook, and you will find it. It is called the Graveyard, and it's one of the best uh, best groups out there. We um, just have a lot of fun. We we talk about. Uh, different personal experiences. You know, we talk a lot of dad jokes in there too. Oh yeah. Always. Um, but, but a lot of fun and a good place to share. And no one's going to make fun of you. Um, you can also check out our website, which is graveyardpodcast.com. Uh, there you can find links to purchase graveyard tales, merchandise. Um, my, my daughter just got her, uh, new graveyard tales, skull, Mike hoodie. Heck yeah. Um, yep. So she's, she's, uh, She's sporting that around at college. I got to get me a um, new one too. Yeah. It, it, pretty cool. Make, make great gifts too. Um, coffee mugs, baby onesies, you name it. You can, you, you can get that, that awesome graveyard tells logo, uh, right there on what you want. 
Um, but you can also become a patron. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, you get access to a, a huge catalog of, of different types of episodes. Uh, you know, you get uh, video of Adam and I uh, doing the show. You get to see all our flubs, all the stuff that we edit out before we, we put the, the show out for y'all. Um, so go check that out. Don't forget to rate and review us on uh, iTunes. It really does help bring us up the charts and it allows more people to find the graveyard. So, you know, d- do that and it, and it helps everybody. You, you don't even have to, uh, you don't even have to say anything nice. You can just put something in like five stars. These dudes are idiots. Yeah. <laughs> and it helps. Yeah. Yeah. Glad they, <laughs> glad they do a podcast cause they got radio faces. <laughs> We definitely have that. No joke. uh, So, all right. Well, thanks for listening. And until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.